Welcome into another episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, pregame.com's college basketball podcast. I'm AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner, saving us, keeping us afloat with these best bets while I am like uh, basically the worst in the world. I lose tonight with Winthrop. Uh, when they foul up three, like every smart team seems to be doing now, and I hate them forever now. Uh, but Griffin with an easy winner with Syracuse coming off the last pod, so that's a positive. And I'll be honest, this is the first time, like, obviously when you're on a, a, a run like I'm on, it's hard to, f- like, find the times where you feel really good about something. This is probably my favorite best bet that I've thrown out there in a while. It's a spot I've had circled. So uh, I feel maybe this is the, the show where I get off my schneid here, Griffin. Uh, how are you doing, man? I'm ready. Um, you know, I hope you're right. I think that that's uh, one of the sicknesses of, of gambling in general and trying to pick sports. Um, it's really hard to know if your next pick is, is going to be as good as the last one. Um, but ultimately, I think we're playing a game where over a long, long period of time, we're trying to hit 55%. So, um, I, you know, it's, it's tough to get out of a rut and it certainly makes you want to question your process. But I think you've been doing a ton of work uh, carrying the show, obviously, as the host and, and beyond as well. Um, so don't let it bother you. I mean, it's been a tough run, tough, especially when we're putting out picks every day or every every show that we're on. But we're also doing it like three and sometimes four days in advance. So, yeah, uh, it happens. Keep uh, picking winners to keep us afloat. Let's just do that. And we have some really good games and probably some games that you wouldn't have expected. When I sent over the games, did you say, oh, I didn't expect to talk about that? There's got to be at least one of them that you're like, really, that one, huh? I mean, there's a lot of big ones on the list, uh, so I'm fairly surprised what we ended up landing on, but uh, there's reasons for them. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, the first game in a game that I think everybody's going to be talking about is K- Kentucky and-, and Auburn, which I think this is one of the best matchups of the year so far. These two teams both playing really good ball right now. Uh, the Shibway-Kessler matchup is just fascinating to me. Um, I-, I think that Kessler is going to give I, I don't know if you can shut him down, but I think he's going to give him all he can handle. And the Tigers are not going to make it easy for Kentucky inside. That, that's just not – you don't get easy buckets against this this uh, this Auburn team. And Kentucky's used to dominating inside, and the teams that have given them problems didn't allow it. They shot 37% from two against uh, against Duke. They shot 38% from two against LSU. Argu- arguably – Auburn is the best rim protection team in the country. And if Kentucky can't just out-athlete you, I I don't know that they get a lot of easy offense here. So I I think that this is a good spot for Auburn. Kentucky's win against Texas A&M, they were chasing a lot of that game. And A&M was like one for 100 from three. Like could not hit a three to save their life. If they hit a couple threes, it's a whole different game. Kentucky was just in a dogfight with A&M, who I don't think is very good. I, I think Auburn is just riding really high right now. They're in that conversation for best team in the country. So if we get three, which is what I'm projecting here, Auburn minus three, I'll probably lay it with the Tigers. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to really see any Kentucky team getting more than three points, even on the road in a crazy environment. Might be the best one in the entire SEC. Um, 
crazy to see also that Kentucky coming back from and nearly covering the spread despite trailing big time throughout the entire A&M game. And yeah, as you mentioned it, one for 22, I saw for Texas A&M from three. That's the, that's Aggie basketball that I remember. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think uh, your Houston time certainly been around a fair amount. Um, but you know, I, I think from, from what I'm looking at with Auburn and, and really trying to figure out where this Kentucky team has come from, um, obviously they've been pretty hot lately, uh, had the big win at home against Tennessee, but, um, that was from shooting the ball really well. I'm not sure. I believe that they can do that. Um, their stats, I think are, are, are fairly good for a Kentucky three point shooting team. But, uh, I think I can only echo what you said about Auburn is that, uh, at only giving a single possession, it seems small enough to me that, um, they can play really well. They're better, I think, than Kentucky and they're playing at home in what will be a, a rocks environment. So, uh, sign me up at minus three, but I, I, I'm not really sure where this will be because it's hard to give Kentucky too much because you know that money's coming in. What like what's the list of teams that right now you're you're certain is better than Auburn? I mean, putting me on the spot for sure, but uh, you know, for sure better because like Auburn has has so many so many dynamic um, parts to their game, and if one thing doesn't work, they have like a really big backup center. If 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 uh, if Kessler's not uh, putting. I guess where he gets foul trouble. They also have the ability to really blow teams out because they can run, shoot threes, and they the tempo they play and the pressure they put on some teams has, has made even good teams like Murray State in their gym look look really really average or worse than average. So, um, in terms of who I think are definitely better, uh, I think Baylor and Gonzaga are probably where I'd put maybe Arizona, but I mean I, I'm not even sure. I, I Purdue's great but different, and, and honestly I feel like Auburn could beat any of those teams, especially at home. Well, Purdue's actually as we as we record this, Purdue is trailing Indiana with 15 seconds left in the game. So, uh, a team that they usually just own. Yep. So th- this will be an L for me because I th- I thought three three and a half was a short number uh, tonight, and Indiana just played or is playing uh, one of the best games they've played all year because they've not been very good. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I don't know that there's many teams that I look at and say. That team is a team I feel like would run away from Auburn. Kentucky, I think, is very prone to good nights and, and bad nights. And Kentucky, they're third in Ken Palm. I just don't know that I have as much respect for them as the analytics do. So uh, I, I just I don't know how many teams I, I would say, okay, at Auburn, in that, in that gym, I feel like are better than a possession against them. And, and Kentucky certainly not one of them. So that's the way I am going to be looking. Let's look at one of those teams you mentioned, Baylor against Oklahoma. We're going to project minus five at OU. And both these teams are kind of struggling right now. Uh, I th- Correct me if, if you think differently on this, but I like the, the more I dug into Oklahoma today, maybe their struggles are, are a little more self-explanatory. Like they they were 11 and 2. Their two best wins came against SEC teams that at the time we thought were a lot better than what they are now, Florida and Arkansas. Their losses came to Utah State, who at the time that didn't look like a bad loss. Now Utah State's 1 and 4 in Mountain West play. They lost to Butler in overtime uh at at home. Butler's not good. And then they hit the tough part of their schedule and they got beat by double digits at Baylor and Texas teams that have a clear talent edge over them. They lost a tough overtime game uh, at home to a feisty TCU team. And then they lose at home to Kansas or, or, or excuse me, lost to, uh, to TCU on the road, which isn't a terrible loss. They lose to Kansas who's still Kansas, but 
maybe we just need to come to grips with Oklahoma's a, a pretty average basketball team, and they're not as good as that 11-2 and two start said they were. And I think maybe we overreacted to Baylor co- dropping a couple games, which they were bound to do eventually, a loss to Texas Tech, a team that's still considered very good, and a loss to Oklahoma State, who was basically – that that Baylor game was Oklahoma State's national title game. They're not they're not going to the tournament. That was the biggest game of the year for them, and and Baylor got beat. I, I just think the Bears at five are a little short here, even on the road at Oklahoma. What do you think? Uh, I, I think you're you're spot on with Oklahoma. That I, I've had some concerns with them. I feel like uh, bringing in the new coach Porter Moser with his great success at Loyola, leaving behind a really good team as well. Uh, couldn't bring or, or import the entire team down to to Norman. So um, I think it kind of we we also saw him pick up some some wanted. Uh, grad transfers uh who who kind of did a great job in the nca tournament against kansas last year and the groves brothers uh but they were pretty low division one i think were they at eastern washington and i just don't know that um they really have the athleticism to kind of do anything in the big 12 they look really small really scrawny the three-point shots aren't going in with like they did in that one nca tournament game and i feel like they kind of fell for the okie doke there a little bit and, and grabbed some players that i don't know if they were really big 12 level and that is i mean i think eight teams are projected in, in the tournament right now uh and it's just like one of the worst uh conferences if you're, you're trying to kind of figure out what you are and who you are and, and i think oklahoma's been paying for it uh, i watched a lot of the Kansas game, they were in it, but um, never really looked like they were in control at a home game, biggest crowd of the year probably. So that was disappointing. Uh, we're we're lucky to take TCU to overtime um, and, and lost there, even though they had a, a lead there. And I feel like I'm just I'm not sure that I believe in what Oklahoma really is because I feel like they're like one three point shooter and a lot of players that can defend, but they're not even that great at it. Um, whereas Baylor's the one of the strongest team. I mean, they were basically perfect last year, uh, have been really good this year. And I mean, going and winning at West Virginia in like an, a rescheduled game early Monday afternoon with a pretty good crowd, missing some of their best players. I mean, and, and covering a, a pretty big spread as well on the road. I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to want to go to get against Baylor. I, I did win against them on, t- on Texas tech, but I feel like that might be one of those. I should probably just try to stay out of the, uh, uh, stay out of the lion's den or the bear's den or whatever you call it as, as long as possible. Well, it sounds like we agree on that one. Uh, let's go out West. Now, I think there's a good matchup here between Boise state and San Diego state, arguably the two best teams in that conference. And Boise has been a real surprise with how good they've been. They, they've won 10 games in a row. They got a dominant win over Nevada, but that win it's starting to look like Nevada's maybe not as good as we thought they were. They've dropped tremendously in, in all the analytics and the other road wins that they have are against bad teams. So this San Diego state who we're projecting minus five uh, at home, this San Diego state team is defensively just a juggernaut. They are elite defensively, particularly around the basket. It's a pack line. And that, that goes against what Boise does. Boise wants to drive to the basket San Diego State's going to make you not drive to the basket. They're going to make you shoot. That's not how Boise wins games. Aztecs have lost just three games in the last two and a half years at home. They've got one of the best defenses in the country, and they've got tons of senior leadership. Boise feels like a nice story, a nice upstart, but it feels like we kind of know San Diego State is the real deal. So I I think this is maybe a uh, a, sort of a – a wake up reality check moment for Boise state. What do you think? 
Uh, can you give us the, the spread on this one again? We're going to go minus five, San Diego State. Yeah, so, I mean, bigger than I think I'd want to lay on a San Diego State offense that is pretty poor. That's um, fair. You, and we're actually really good. I felt against Colorado State as a pretty short favorite. Uh, maybe their last game they played two weeks ago. Um, Blew them out of the gym. Yeah, so that makes me a little bit worried. So I imagine the game was canceled for COVID pause because you don't just take two weeks off in, in January. Um, but to, so that's a little bit of a concern for me. But I, I think you're you're, you're kind of hitting on all, everything I was expecting to talk about tonight. Uh, hopefully that's a good sign for us uh, starting to go 2-0 and in these podcasts. But uh, I think from what I see with San Diego State is they're a great defense. They're going to make Boise try to make perimeter shots. And I think that's going to be a big, big problem for them. And I think Boise tonight are, are playing Utah State, which I know you talked about not really having the season they were expecting this year. Uh, but they're going to, I think, are going to have trouble with us it's probably halfway through the first half right now. And I just, I, I think that, Boise's got to go to a really tough environment right after a really tough environment. That's that's asking a lot. Yeah. By the way, uh, Indiana finished off that win, three point win over Purdue. So first time in like I don't know four years or something they beat Purdue. So a good win for Indiana. Good time. They they needed that. It, boy, I didn't see it coming. They match up so poorly with that team. So uh, good for them. Um, all right, let's go out to the Big East. And let's stick in the the Midwestern part of the Big East, <laughs> where Marquette, boy, you talk. We talked about Marquette and Nova on our last pod, and we were like, ah, do we really want to lay the big number with Nova? But do we want to get in the way of Nova? I don't think so. Marquette wins outright at Villanova. I mean, that is a that is a season defining win. Uh, and it, it's Marquette's basically had two seasons. Like, you know, they lost the first matchup to Xavier. Uh, back in mid-December, and they were in the middle of a, a stretch where they lost five out of six. And now they've won five state, five straight games, including that win at Nova, including a win over Seton Hall. Xavier's lost to anyone but – they've not lost to anyone but Villanova since Thanksgiving. Uh, but they're starting to get expensive. They covered nine of their first 11. They're one in five since Big East play began. So people know Xavier's good. Uh, these teams, to me, have a lot in common. They have a lot in common with tempo. Uh, the difference to me is the home court, though. Uh, Xavier's been incredible on their floor, and we just saw them this week beat DePaul by a point on the road, and DePaul's bad. So if I think these two teams are kind of close to even, we're projecting this game right around a pick, I think I'm going to go with the home team here. What do you see? I mean, hard to argue. I I'm still mystified by how Shock Smart did it. Uh, ending that long, long winning streak at the Pavilion or wherever the heck Villanova home home court was, and and you know, I mean, we've we've talked about Villanova plenty on this show, and I feel like plenty about Shaka Smart and Marquette as well. Um, it might just be one of those things where Marquette might be one of those teams that can kind of throw a big big uppercut and, and knock down some good teams. And, and I mean, I think Xavier falls into that. Um, I think that. Both you and I have had a little bit of hesitancy about like really truly believing in Xavier because they've they've had kind of the same roster for years and just never have been able to take the giant step. Still seems like Villanova is a hump they just can't get over. But uh, I feel like they've been decent and, and certainly um, are going to have their work cut out for them on the road at, at Marquette and what should be, I mean, not as crazy of an environment as, th as I think a Xavier home game would be, but still something pretty impressive uh, and especially coming off that, that great showing at, at Villanova. With that said, uh, I'm a little bit worried about kind of really how they show that up, uh, but they've, they've been hot. They've been winning games. Blowing out Providence is also pretty impressive. Uh, Georgetown after that on the road. So hard to argue with the current form of, of Marquette. 
I just feel like I, I don't know that they can stack two winning performances up in the same week against Villanova and then at home against Xavier. I know that this one seems like the much easier one to win, but uh, as you'll probably see my best bets in a little bit, I feel like there's there's a tough emotional part of, of trying to win that first game uh, and then still being able to kind of focus on your next one. What's the like in your mind the big the Big East pecking order? I mean, it feels like Villanova's in a tier kind of by themselves, despite I mean they're six and two in conference. So maybe, maybe I, I say that presumptuously, but like where does Marquette fall? Like are are, are they a second tier Big East team right now? Or are they a third tier? What, what what do you what do you see them as? I mean, I think they're really outperforming what people were expecting of what maybe we, sh- we should have expected a little bit more from shock smart, but that, that team lost a lot from a pretty poor performing uh, squad under, under Wojo. So, you know, I think in, what I'm looking at the big East and currently Providence at, at the top is not, uh, I don't know how they're still there. And I can't imagine that'll stick for, t- for too long, uh, but schedules and COVID and all that sort of stuff has really worked in Ed Cooley's favor. They've had DePaul, St. John's, Georgetown, UConn on their schedule so far. Uh, so. so that that might be it. I mean, I do think the bottom of the league, Georgetown is really a lot worse than I was expecting. DePaul does their like 10-1 out of conference every season. And yeah. like even my stepdad noticed it, mentioned to me, he's like, whoa, DePaul's good now, huh? And I was like, nope. no. No, sorry. I mean, I was like, maybe at that point, because they had one loss and double-digit wins, but yeah, not great. Um, I think Butler's been really disappointing. Uh, St. John's has certainly had some really tough times. Thought about them as the best bet this weekend even, uh, but I'm just not even sure that's worth pulling the trigger on. So I think we're kind of seeing a lot of the Big East separate. I still think Villanova's up top. I think Xavier's a level below that. Uh, I don't think Marquette is in that tier. I think UConn is is, is up there as well. We kind of thought Seton Hall at the beginning of the year should have been there, right? Yeah, I mean, and they're they're two and four in conference, which totally, is crazy to and me. They've been victimized by injuries and COVID, just like wiping out their entire front court right before a game at PC. I mean, of course, uh, but you know. I'm I'm thinking that in terms of like value coming into conference tournament play and maybe a, a long shot that might even win it, Seton Hall is probably on that list. All right, let's get into best bets, and I will go first. My game is on Saturday, and I'm going to go with the Missouri State Bears, plus eight projected at Loyola. And I listen, I think Loyola's really good. I just don't think they are the runaway best team in the Missouri Valley. And I, it feels like they've been pretty lucky so far. So they've survived a couple so-so teams in overtime, Bradley and Valpo, and those were at home. And then they trailed – they were down 15 points against Indiana State this weekend before they came back. It feels like they are – they're they're testing things. They're, they're starting slow. They're, they're sleepwalking through the Missouri Valley. And I think that conference – has enough enough depth and parity that eventually it's going to bite them. This feels like the spot for it. Missouri State, I think, is the second-best team in the Valley, and they finally get a crack at the Ramblers without Cam Crutwig. They, they, Cam Crutwig just destroyed Missouri State the entire time he was there. He's... He, He's irreplaceable for them, and the numbers, like their their record, looks really good. But without him, without Porter Moser, I don't think this is the same team. Loyola's defense is at their best when they're turning you over, and Missouri State's got multiple guards who can handle the ball. And Patterson and Mosley, they just don't turn the ball over. And Missouri State's been blown out one time this season. That was at St. Mary's, who had a big in Matthias Toss, who who really just got what he wanted inside. And Loyola, for the first time in a long time doesn't have that guy 
And I think this is just a great spot for the Bears to hang with them. Missouri State plus eight is going to be my best bet this weekend. Definitely was on my list. Um, I really like Missouri State. I've been following them pretty closely uh, for the last couple seasons, really ever since Dana Ford, I think, moved from either Murray or Moorhead State to that job. And, and he's been he's been good. He's had to, I mean, restart a, pro- a project. But Loyola, if you look at who they played so far, it's literally the, the dregs uh, of the Missouri Valley, which I think he's is... He's been fighting with them. I mean, it's been close games. Yeah, and I, and I think it's a better league uh, than it has been. It's certainly not the, like, rankings that Creighton and, and Wichita had in, like, like the old times in that conference and how both are gone. And Dana Ford was at Tennessee state. Okay. Sorry. Tennessee state. Um, thank you for the correction. Uh, so we could use him about now. <laughs> they definitely could. Um, so I'll, I'll take the mic now and I'll go to uh, the sunshine state. I'm going to go Miami, Florida. Uh, the AJ Swami projection was minus three hosting Florida state. This is also on Saturday. Um, Florida state is, has certainly had my number recently. Uh, and was really disappointed. I didn't play them against Duke in a, in a crazy kind of overtime victory. Um, maybe affected by an injury on the Duke side. I'm not so sure. Uh, but ultimately, Florida State, I just feel like they're playing a little bit better, but I still see the same kind of flaws that I saw before. I think their three-point shooting is pretty weak. And I think what uh, Jim Laranega has really shown at, at Miami and, and really at George Mason is he knows how to, to do that, throw the X's and O's out there. Uh, and is really going to make it, throw some things that Florida State aren't expecting. And they're huge depth, which is still really reliant on a lot of young players, in my humble opinion. I, just, I don't think that they're going to handle a big emotional win at at home against Duke uh, and then having to come back, go to, go to Miami where they like won on a miracle shot late at home uh, and a game that Miami really controlled throughout. So I think it's going to be a really tough one. They also played for some reason, they played North Florida this afternoon, just like fitting yeah. the game. Cause they didn't want to cancel it. Like, I don't know. Um, I just, I just don't think that this kind of turnaround that that's happened in the season is really is legit just yet. Um, Miami certainly is not the home court advantage that, that you, that I normally look for on a home favorite, but I love the way that they played so far this season. I think their coaching is better. And I think that they're going to be level headed after crushing North Carolina at home and getting a second straight home game in a row. What do we make of Miami? Like we're, we talked about the big East pecking order. Like Miami's now beat Duke, North Carolina and wake, which might, that might be the three best teams in the ACC and they've beat them all. Yeah. I think they've been pretty disappointing in my, uh, eyes over the last few seasons because I feel like when they brought uh, Cam Augusti over from Oklahoma, uh, they now have Charlie Moore in place, which might be the big difference that they didn't have that point guard to really take that responsibility. Isaiah Wong is one of the best uh, combo shooter scorers that has been putting up big numbers for pretty poor Miami teams in, in retrospect, but it feels, it feels like he was finally able to take a little bit of the ball handing load off or, or Charlie Moore was able to do that. Um, certainly not the like deepest roster you're expecting. I think they still have probably sanctions affecting the program, uh, but it's really hard to argue with those performances and like really thrashing North Carolina, winning at Cameron indoor. Like that's, that's pretty impressive stuff to me. Um, and you know, I just, I think they're in a really good emotional spot, uh, which I don't like to lean on too much, but I think they're going to really try to make Florida State make perimeter jump shots, and I'm not sure they go in. All right. I like it. Yeah, I like what Miami's doing, man. That's a um, that's a real surprise team to me. And honestly, given the the wins that they have, and, and also, you, 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 I don't know if you mentioned this, that like their only ACC loss was at Florida State, so they've got some revenge coming back in that game. Um. But this is a team that I, I guess I did, thought was maybe fringe top 100, 
and uh, clearly they're they're much better than that. I mean, they might they might be top fifty, Miami. So. I think they've they've put in a lot more than we would have expected, and I think once you get the roma- the momentum rolling, that that's a big step. Uh, and it's always I'm really hoping that they can get in the tournament because Coach Al Laranega can do a lot of a lot of really scary things uh, if you're a big favorite against them. Yeah, and they they you know they've got some some decent non-con wins. The Penn State win is a, is right now an A tier win, and and you know North Texas is a solid you know a solid mid major win so yeah they've they've done some good things they're building a good res and 6 and 1 in the ACC is a good start no matter who you are so all right that'll do it there's the best bets Missouri State plus 8 Miami minus 3 against Florida State so that's Miami Florida not Miami OH you don't want them uh Griffin great job as always appreciate you Thanks to Brad and McKenzie back in the back. And thanks to you guys for listening. Subscribe, subscribe. Check out uh, McKenzie's NBA pod that's coming up on this channel. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening to all the content. And uh, tell your friends, man. Uh, We will talk to you guys on Sunday. Good luck. Good luck.